Well, whatever to the feedback. Uh, this is my favorite part of the show. Where you well, we're guys... getting we're getting some here. We're getting one. We're getting I, one. Yeah, we're getting I like some. to hear about my fans from across the globe. I know. I know. I know. And... I know. You want to hear about yourself? It's okay. It's okay, mate. Welcome to Born to Watch. We're three old mates, an ex-video shop owner, an industry insider, and a black belt in 80s kung fu movies put their mastery to the test on movies that change the world. Hi there, fellow watchers. It's that time of the week again. And we are live from the panic room for Born to Watch, or what is now commonly known as Matthew and his team. My name is Whitey and I'm the host of Matthew and his team. And tonight, we're going a bit more contemporary, and it involves two of the biggest names in cinema. In fact, it's very difficult to argue that these are two of the biggest names ever in Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio. Whilst it might look just like drugs, money, and women, The Wolf of Wall Street is a cautionary tale about excess greed and what can happen when one man's greed overcomes everything else and he gets everything he ever wants. Gow, how are you, mate? Joining me again? Yeah, really good. Glad to be back again. Good evening, everyone. Yeah. Looking forward to this. What a long movie this one is. Oh, mate. I watched it last night and I sat down and went, what? Three hours yeah. on the nose. Yeah. See, this is Morgs. This is a Morgs movie personified. We might get into it later, but surely some stuff can be cut out of there. But anyway, I think so. yeah, it's yeah. a... It's a rock and roll ride, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And up there on the land from Noosa, the wolf of Tawanton. Dan, how are you, mate? Yeah, big week on the land. Uh, we'll come back to Matthew and friends, but uh, uh, <laughs> we, learned, we learned a bit about uh, the circle of life and tragedy on the land this week. So as you guys know, I'm a, um, I'm a, I'm a poultry, poultry pastoralist. And uh, we've, uh, we've got a big stupid dog and his name's Frank. And we've been training him to, to live with our chicken flock since he was a puppy. And uh, my wife thinks that he is a human sometimes. And, oh, look at, look at Frank. He's just playing with the chickens. Oh, no, he loves them. Oh, they're like his little chicken friends. And uh, yeah, this week uh, we went out and let the chickens free range because we're environmentalists. We don't want to we don't, we don't say no to cages. So we let the we let the brothers free range, and um, a, a friend of Born to Watch, M Head, came round to the farm and uh, found Frank, and he had a black thing in his mouth, which was one of our silky chickens, and he's like, "Oh my god, what's going on there?" And so uh, he grabbed it and put it back in the in the cage, and didn't think much of it. But then when I got home, Frank was in his favourite hidey hole uh, out in the driveway. He's got a he's got a, like a little bunch of trees that he hides in, and uh, I go in to hide him and. He's got a chicken in there that he's playing with, except he's playing with it with no feathers on it and most of its blood hanging out of it. So uh, he, he played with it a bit tough. So I had to go and get my farm axe and, and take the chicken's head off. And I almost took fucking Frank's head off because my wife was uh, very pissed off about him decimating the chicken flock. But, yeah, I think it was good learning. So I, I, cut, I grabbed the kids and I make them watch as I cut the chicken's head off just so they know <laughs> about the circle of life. And, yeah, my six-year-old was definitely traumatised. But... Yeah, pretty big week on the thing, but re- really, I mean, what I want to say is fuck Matt and Friends. Anyone, any of you people out there that listen to this podcast and refer to it as Matt and Friends, I will find out how block you on the line so that you can't even hear the episode ever again. 
<laughs> I'd expect nothing less. And look, I know we're not Matthew and friends. We are born to watch. We are brethren. We're all in this together. I thought they were talking about me. <laughs> yeah, that that's been that's that, been that's the, why I took it. That's been the case for thirty five years. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what was the, what was the go with with parents back in 1974 75 like they're sitting around they're going to name a son and they're just like well they're all drunk and they're just like oh what about Matthew oh yeah that'll do yeah. well you know it, Matthew Mark Luke and John this is it there this you go we just you know, oh yeah you, you, you guys biblical. are heaps churchy yeah very biblical gow is little you know you never can tell <laughs> you never can tell with the old G man he definitely oscillates Absolutely. Uh, look, I think that Wolf of Wall Street is going to be a lot of fun. It was a great rewatch for about the 107th time that I'd seen it. Quite hey, funny. Before, on, hang before on. you go on. Wait, no, every, no, I know. Every, every, every time, every time you guys, like, you start out with the masterpiece, blah, 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 blah. Like, let's keep the audience in a little bit of suspense as to what you think of the fucking film for once. Okay, hang on. Let me, then, then let me, let me start again for you, Daniel. Go. I watched The Wolf of Wall Street again for more than once, and I'm not sure what I think about it. So tonight on the podcast, we're going to unravel what Matt White and his friends think about The Wolf of Wall Street. That's amazing. Much so better. Much tonight, better. in but this- Firstly, firstly, yes. it was team, not friends. Don't go that far. <laughs> Thank you, <Gail. laughs> Thank you. Thank you for picking that up. <laughs> uh, but look, in all seriousness, uh, I was talking to actually Dan this week about The Wolf of Wall Street, and I have seen this movie on many occasions, and in this last rewatch, I picked something up new, and this is going to show how naive I am when it comes to the drug-taking fraternity. For whatever reason, at the start of the movie where you see that perfect ass and he's perched over the top of it, I had always thought that he was snorting coke out of a bum crack, right? I only just realised, I only had just realised that he was blowing coke into her bum hole. Right? Because to be perfectly honest, to be perfectly honest, the other previous 105 times, my focus was not on Leonardo DiCaprio in that scene. My focus was on the pure bum that's in the screen. Yep, fair enough. Yeah. So Morse can laugh his head off here and, you know, being a man from the land and experienced in all things shelving. So, well, you know, I just didn't get it. We've actually lost Morgs' visual here. <laughs> yeah, I think he's lost uh, In studio. Yeah. He's turned oh, no, his camera I'm, just, off. I'm still here. Yeah, I'm just, I'm yeah. just pissing myself laughing. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's- so I, I'm willing to, you know, hang myself out there and let uh, the, the globe know that I am a, a novice when it comes to the ways of uh, cocaine uh, exhalation or inhalation. And, yeah, that's something that I learned this time around. So, you, you know, Jordan Belfort. Oh, no, I am. That is for certain. I am no Jordan Belfort. That is for certain. Uh, so, Gal, why don't you? Tell us a little bit about the movie. All right. Sex, money, power, drugs. Brace yourself for an outrageous true story from legendary filmmaker Martin Scorsese that critics are calling a masterpiece for a new generation. Leonardo DiCaprio delivers the best performance of his career as a young stockbroker, hungry for fame and glory in New York City, where corruption is king and more is never enough. His name was Jordan Belfort, but soon the world would know him by a different name, the Wolf of Wall Street. 
Together, Scorsese and DiCaprio deliver a story of American excess that is an absolute blast from start to finish. Be careful, Gow, because you mentioned the word masterpiece in that synopsis, and you don't want to give away what we think about the movie until... That, no, well, that was not my synopsis. The 97th minute of the podcast. That was not my synopsis. That was the official yes, uh, DVD cover. Yeah, and it's 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 right on the money, I reckon. What do you reckon, Morgs? What are your brief thoughts on this movie, Morgs? Just up front. It's, it's interesting when Gow said three hours, but I, there's no... It, it, it doesn't drag at all. There's no weak part. Like, if, I, uh, I've, I've seen this film a lot. And uh, it, it's one of my go-tos. If, uh, if if there's nothing else on, I'll flick this on. Um, I like this. I like Moneyball. I like uh, The Big Short to to chuck on just because I really enjoy watching them. But, yeah, I, I didn't find that uh, the three-hour time was, uh, was a hindrance at all. Yeah, I was really conscious of watching this time and trying to find scenes that the movie could do without. Yeah. And sure. I sort of struggled to find any to leave out. They all played a part. Maybe maybe the whole Swiss thing went on for a little bit too long, but it, it, it sort of it all plays out in the end and you don't realize it's 3 hours. It feels no, like I, it, two I, hour, yeah. it feels like it feels like a 2 hour 49 minute, not a 3 hour movie, right? Yeah. Well, I I, yeah. I look the, the first cut was 4 hours of this movie that they made. Yeah. I'd watch but, that. I'd watch yeah. that. Over 100%. Over again. 100%. I didn't mind. Like, I just, I, and I don't think any of the scenes need to be cut. I just think some of those scenes play out over a long period, you know, that they're really drawn out some of those yeah. and they probably could have taken it there. I didn't think it, I watched the first two hours of it and, and didn't even think about it. The last hour I started to, yeah. you know, I think, I think the end of the movie's probably not as strong as the rest of the movie. No, I think once he goes sober. I yeah. Think, and and that, I think, I reckon that's an interesting because, are we watching the movie for the story or are we watching the movie for what's actually going on in the background? You know what I mean? So because once he's sober, the movie changes completely, right? Well, it's interesting, and that may have been something they did because I know that uh, reading up about it, they, they actually changed some of the lenses they used for when he was going crazy on the drugs and when he was off his head as yeah. to opposed to when he was sober. Yeah. So that may have been something they, they started to to. Well, I know there was a there was a trick they played every time that they were high, that there was a really abrupt cut or a really abrupt edit yes. at the end, and it was actually I was watching it again, just rewatching the um, cerebral palsy part where yep. he goes to the public phone at the at the country club, and he's trying to get down the stairs, and there's five stairs, but when he looks at it, there's twelve stairs. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And Megan goes, "There's more stairs," and I go, "It's he's on drugs. Yeah, it's like it's a it's a filmmaking technique. They're trying to show something here." She's like, "Oh, right." Yeah, same with same with the driving. Oh, that's I, got, funny, I got home that's really slowly. Funny. Yeah. That's very funny. That's very funny. Yeah, look, I agree, Morgs. I'd I'd watch four hours for sure of this. I don't know how many times I'd watch it, but I'd definitely watch a four hour cut of this. They must have left some good stuff on the floor, that's for sure. I reckon it's time to uh, listen to the trailer. So let's have a crack. Excuse me. Yeah. Is that your car on the lot? Yeah. Is yeah. Jag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much money you make? I don't know. 72000 last month. You show me a pay stuff for $72,000 on it, I quit my job right now and I work for you. Hey, listen, I, I quit. Yeah, I'm going into stocks. My name is Jordan Belfort. At the tender age of 22, I headed to the only place that befit my high-minded ambitions. The name of the game? Move the money from your client's pocket into your pocket. But if you can make your clients money at the same time, it's advantageous to everyone, correct? No. 
I started my own firm out of an abandoned auto body shop. We will be targeting the wealthiest 1% of Americans. I love three things. I love my country, I love Jesus Christ, and I love making people rich. Hello? But I needed to mold them in my own image. With this script, I'm gonna teach each and every one of you to be the best. This is the greatest company in the world! I was becoming a legend. Aren't you married? Yeah, but married people can't have friends. We're not gonna be friends. I was making so much money, I didn't know what to do with it. $26,000 for one dinner! Dad, we're not poor anymore. Tell them about the sides. What the are side. these sides? They cure cancer? The sides did cure cancer. That's the problem. They were there. That's why they were expensive. <laughs> $22 million in three hours! The real question is this. Was all this legal? Absolutely not. Hang you up from the hill. He's got pictures of your whole inner circle. This is bad. It's okay. Rub my temple. You're all right. This right here is the land of opportunity. You just tried to bribe a federal officer. <laughs> this is America. This is my home. Good for you, little man. Me, the little man. The show goes on. Yeah, my money taped to your boobs. Technically, you do work for me. Well, that's a debaucherous few minutes there of your life you'll never get back. Isn't it what? Yeah. Wouldn't you love to spend maybe one hour in Jordan Belfort's shoes, but we'll get into that. Now, Gow, you've just mentioned we've forgotten to take a minute to give ourselves a bit of a backslap and a bit of praise. What do you got here? Uh, I've got a, I've got some feedback here, a note from our mate Andy the plumber in Castle Hill. Well, we haven't heard from him for some time, and we ripped into him last week because he's been fucking lazy. Yeah, well, we got we got a response. Still here, fighting the good fight, listening and loving. Been preoccupied with work dramas. Keep up the great work, Matt and gang. Oh. Nice twist, Andy. Yeah. I'll critique the cast after the fifth listen. <laughs> he also said, uh, hey, did you guys watch the rugby last week? What a great game that was. Makes me think of yours and Morg's semi-professional rugby career. You should speak more of your travels during the podcast. I'm sure I'm not the only one who has a thirst for more adventure stories. Does no. Whitey have any stories? No, you know what? He, he is the only one that has a thirst for more stories, and I shan't be giving any stories, okay? So thank you, Andy. We love you. We love you, mate. We Thanks. did spend uh, a bit of time in New York City, didn't we, Morks? We went to we New York City. Did, yeah, we've we've been to Wall Street. We've seen, yeah, we've seen the that's ball right. out there. The, the I've been I've actually the... been to Wall Street as well. So I went Is with that me, right? not with yeah, yeah. I've, I've been to I've been to Wall Street. Oh. Cool story. Yeah. Friends. Oh. You and Megan, friends. Oh my god, please. <laughs> How dare you, Daniel? Wash your mouth out. Don't get me started. And have we mentioned that we're going to be without our third wheel next week? Because he's going away on a motorcycle holiday. How Mate, will we no, survive? I'm, I'm I'm editor at large. I'm out there getting into uh, yeah. I'm going pretty deep so that I can uh, I can bring some more stories back back to the podcast. So uh, yeah, that's, excellent. That's nice heart. getting getting out in the field, Morgs. That's it, out in the field, yeah. like Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> yeah, exactly like Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> exactly like it. Okay, let's talk about how this movie rates. And again, uh, we're on a bit of a roll here with with the ratings. Not that we know what it means or or anything like that. But on IMDb, Wolf of Wall Street is eight point two out of ten. 
uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, another certified fresh movie at 80% on the tomato meter and 83% audience score. So another well-received movie. And I can't give too much away, but I, I can't really disagree with any of those ratings. It's, it's, it's up there. It'll be interesting when we get to the rank bank where this sits. But I'm actually really excited to hear what Dan has to say because he's, he's hitting 4.5. He's had three movies at 4.5. Be interested to see where this one sits with him. Will the ending ruin this one for him? Yes. Who knows? But, Who knows? Yeah. Well, there's no bad credit song and there's no soppy monologue. So this may this may be okay. We'll, we'll see. We'll hold that and see. Absolutely. Uh, Gow, why don't you take us through the cast of the film? The film star here is Leonardo DiCaprio, obviously. And he, you know, this is, this is not his first film by any stretch, but it's certainly, a, I think, a breakout film for him. Uh, really a, a defining role, I guess you could you could put it that way. Uh, started in Growing Pains. I think we've been through this before. Oh, don't make me start singing again. You can sing anytime you want. I bet uh, we've been together. No, that's Family Ties. It is too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, started there. I think it wasn't he the cousin. Yeah, he was. He, he came, came in. He came, late. In. he came in late. We talked about this with Damo, yeah, didn't he was we? Trying to, he was trying to. Um, he was trying to combat Brian Bonsall from Family Ties. Exactly. Yeah. Starred in Critters Three in '91. What's eating Gilbert Grape? The Quick and the Dead, Romeo and Juliet, obviously ninety six. That that was the one. That was the big role, I guess, one. that that really put him on the map. Yeah, and then straight a year after into Titanic, and that was it. So and two major movies, The Man in the Iron Mask, then Beach, The Beach. Sorry, yeah, that was a really good movie, yeah, and the you, novel's really good too. Have you been to the beach? No, PP Islands. Yeah. No, I haven't been. I think it was closed when we were yeah. in Thailand. I've been, but I won't talk about it. But I've been to the beach. Yeah, continue. Catch me if you can. Great really movie. like that. Yeah, that was great an awesome Spielberg, movie. Spielberg, Hanks, yeah. quality. But then great the, book. Catch Me If You Can is a great Yeah, it book. is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's based on a true story yeah. as well. Yeah, for sure. Frank Abagnale. Yeah. But then, you know, Gangs of New York, The Aviator, The Departed. Yeah. Good, he, good movie. He becomes a bit of a Scorsese muse. Well, he, he gets right up there. Yeah. yeah, doesn't he? He's in, he's in, he's in five films. He's in him. five, he's, and the sixth is coming out next year. Yeah. Yeah. So... He's a he's a massive Scorsese. Not quite as many as De Niro. I think De Niro's eight, but uh, yeah. but getting up there. Yeah. But yeah, Body of Lies, Inception, Django Unchained, Great Gatsby, The Revenant, which is a fantastic movie. It's hard, pretty watch. full on. Yep. You know what? You can tell the mark of the actor by the directors that that hire them. And with Tom Cruise, we had that, and he had all the major directors hire him, and it's the same here. He's been directed by Spielberg. He's been directed by Scorsese. He's been directed by Inaritu. He's been directed by every possible perfect director he could have, and he's the number one superstar in the world today. Yeah, he certainly is, yeah. Look, a couple of sliding doors for him. He uh, he auditioned for the role of Robin in Batman Forever, which eventually that's went a to good miss. Chris, O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. That's a good, good miss. miss. Yeah. Was cast as Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. Right. But he was offered, apparently he was offered over $20 million for that, but had to drop out due to scheduling. So Christian Bale... Christian Bale? Yeah, Christian that over, Bale. Yeah. yeah, that made Christian Bale a star. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Also was offered the role of Dirk Diggler in Boogie Nights. Really? Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, He's but... got the Northern Beaches curse. They couldn't take the role. <laughs> and he did the synthetics. Um, but yeah, but and he was offered the role in Titanic. So massive, massive move there. Like what a what a great career move that one was. Yeah, and, and it, yeah, was, the it was never meant to work, Titanic. It was never mm. meant to work until it was, re- until it was released. There was only one person on the planet that thought it was going to be a success. That was a pet project. Yeah. Him too, yeah. Yeah, James Cameron, uh, I'm pretty sure he financed that. Yeah. Or a good, a good chunk of it. 
He's done well, hasn't he? Oh, mate, he's, he's, amazing. he's amazing. Yeah, it was also considered for the role of Peter Parker in Spider-Man and Anakin Skywalker instead of Hayden Christensen. Well, I don't think even he could save George Lucas's script writing, but he would have done a hell of a lot better job than Hayden Christensen because he's awful. Oh, how moody. It's just, moody it's just a, look, you can't work with what George Lucas gives him, but yeah. he's a bad actor. He's big great actor. But here's one he missed out on. He um he was considered for Colonel Lander in Inglorious Bastards, which went to Christoph Waltz, obviously, and I can't imagine him doing a better job well, than Christoph no, Waltz well, in that. I think we it, it's quadlingual, that role. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Leonardo DiCaprio just speaks English quite well. Yes. Right. Anyway, we move on. Jonah Hill. Yep. Got his start in I Heart Huckabees in 2004. One of the worst movies in the history of movies. Never seen it. Don't Never planning it. to. Do not watch it. It's shit out. The 40-year-old virgin was another one. He was the eBay customer in that. Yep. Just in the store. Yep. Then he was in Knocked Up, Evan Almighty, Super Bad, which. That was the one. Put him on the map. Yep. Good movie. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Great get him movie. to the Greek. And then Moneyball. Yeah. And then showed his real diversity. Well, what think, he can do. I think Moneyball was the one. Moneyball yeah. took him from being this comedic actor to really showing his chops. And he got an Academy Award nomination for Moneyball, I believe, as well. I think he did, yeah. And he was He's very good in that. Yeah, and, and then War Dogs as well. It's a good movie, Miles yeah. Teller. And that, yeah, mate, he does. He, he has a good range. Yeah. But, yeah, he actually, so interesting fact, he he went for the minimum pay to work with Martin Scorsese on this film. He did. So he ended up only getting 60 grand, which is the SAG minimum amount. But he said, you know, it doesn't matter. I'd do it for whatever money because the the opportunity of working for him. Yeah. Don't get that confused with the 60 mil sag that Dan has. <laughs> oh. No, we won't. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. No, he's, he's gone mute. He's eating. He's just um, polished it off but, pretty but look at this. So he, he started well, with I'm I- back. I finished my dinner. I'm back. Ask me a question <laughs> or whatever you want. He, um, he started with iHeart Huckabees at $40,000. Superbad netted him three fifty. Moneyball, $2 million. 21 Jump Street, $3.5 million. And then back to sixty k for the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, wow. So I really took a chance on that. But what about have you seen this? Take a chance. Take a take a chance. Chance. Take a chance. Take a chance. Take a take a chance. Chance. You can change your mind. Take a chance. Take a chance. Take a take a chance. Chance. Take a chance. I'm still free. Take a chance on me. So have you seen this is the end? With him in it and uh, no, Scott I like Tide. that with Michael oh, Sarah and mate. All, yeah, they're all playing themselves. Oh, you've yeah. told me yeah, about it. Mate. Yes, no, I haven't. Yeah, Craig, you said it's Craig really Robinson. funny. It's yeah, Craig Robinson, James Franco, yeah. and they they hold up in James Franco's house. It's the end of the world. Yes, yes, freaking hilarious. And he he plays such a twat. He plays yeah. such a twat, but he's playing himself. It's great. It's really good. Great movie. Worth watching. It's on Netflix. All right, let's keep moving. Margot Robbie. Yeah. In you know her role in Neighbours, she was only supposed to be on there as a guest role, but did so well. They end up keeping her for three or four years on that role. Yeah, it's understandable. Yeah, and then and then obviously moved out. I mean, about time in two thousand thirteen. Then the wolf, straight into the Wolf of Wall Street. So this was really the start of her. For sure, this is her, her first career. major. This yeah. is really her first major role. Did you and guys watch that Suicide Squad flicks? Yeah, I haven't. No, yeah, I've watched them all. No. What she's what, she's what? she's a she's a very good Harley Quinn. She is the best part of all those movies. Yeah, she's a very good Harley Quinn. The rest, of, uh, the, the latest one, the one that was done by um, James Gunn, is actually good fun. The other the other two, 
Birds of Prey and the first Suicide Squad are dreadful. Why do, you, James... think, why do you think – I'm not into superhero movies, as you know, but the DC guys seem to struggle against the Marvel guys. Would that be a fair take? 100%. Hmm. It's, it's funny you're going to say this. this is, I'm going to sound like Adam Gaberina. Is that I think that to a, to a point, Marvel is more grounded in reality to a point. Oh, my point, God. Right, yeah. To a point. Whereas DC is always there's something extraterrestrial or alien or something that ends up being, and they they've just they just fuck it all the time. DC they're just not good at it. There's been a couple of good ones, obviously like the Dark Knight trilogy is very good, but when you talk about the Suicide Squad and even Batman vs Superman, all that, it's just I don't know. They're still making heaps of freight out of it. Oh, they do. They so make a heap of money. So yeah. I think that's the bottom line. Yeah, yeah they don't care. We keep pumping them out. People keep yep. watching them. Yep, agreed. Uh, what else have you been? I, Tonya. Really good role in I, Tonya. Oh, that's a great movie. Oh, that yeah, was very, that's very, very a good great movie. Flick. That's a great movie. Yeah. She's amazing. What's the it? name of her mum in I, Tonya, the actress? Uh, what is she's her name? She's in Juno as well. She's, she's in Juno, awesome. yeah. She's yeah. fucking awesome, yeah. She was in um, The West Wing. Oh, yes. Alice and Jenny. Alice and Jenny. Alice and Jenny, yes. She's fantastic. Yeah, she's really good. Can can, yeah, so, can I clear it up once and for all? Are they all actors now, or can you? Yeah, they no, actors, they're they're all actors. They're all actors. All actors. Mate, I think, okay, yeah. sorry, I don't mean to be unwoke, <laughs> but well, um, yeah, okay. You're certainly not unwoke, Morgs. Yeah, I'm woke as fuck. <laughs> well, it's it, and with this movie, it's it's difficult to be woke. To be honest, yeah, we'll, get, we'll probably get to that a bit later on. Anyway, Margot Alice Robbie, and Jenny, and, awesome. Yeah, Alice and Jenny's great. Margot Robbie, out and out superstar, and. Lights the screen up in everything she does. Yes, certainly does. Yeah. Uh, look, proud yeah. to be Australian. We'll claim her. Yeah, why not? Yep. Um, Rob Reiner, good role in this. Mate, he's, getting away, getting away from being a director, but um, mate, he's a he's he's a, he's a, he's a standout in this yeah. movie as Mad Max. Yeah, really good. Oh my god, he's got some of the best lines, some of the best monologues. It's he's, the best. He's, he's just, just about like the rage scenes, and he's just yeah, like, just steals right. the show. Yeah, yeah, just good rage from the start. Oh, I love the when Pommy he's, accent. When he's in the, when he's in the, the yeah, fix up the phone. He's watching the, he's watching the Equalizer. Edward <laughs> yeah. Woodward, great old ladies TV show. But mate, he started in All About the Family, I think, in '72, which was a really famous series in the US. But then he was in This Is Spinal Tap. Well, he directed it. Does he? Does he? he own directed Castle it and started. Rock? He does. He does. So he is a bazillionaire. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Owns well, Castle Rock. Yeah, they own Seinfeld. They, yeah. they uh, yeah, produce Seinfeld. So he's a he's yeah. a quadrillionaire. He's yeah, more money than God. Yeah, more more houses than plims. <laughs> Just, but yeah, he's directed a few good ones. Stand by me. When Harry met Sally. Misery. A few good men. He's great. The bucket list. Yeah, goes downhill. Awesome. About, he does the American president, which is a bit of a guilty Wait, did pleasure you say for me. Bucket list. What's bucket yeah. list? The bucket list. The one with Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Freeman, Jack Nicholson. I think it's Jack Nicholson. Yeah, when they're, uh, when they're okay. doing all the things. When yeah. they're dying, and they've, they've, yeah, Morgan Freeman's dying, and they're ticking stuff off the bucket list. Right, got it. But yeah, Rob Reiner co-wrote the first episode of Happy Days. Really? Yeah. Sunday, Monday, Happy Days. Not the song. Uh, Shut up, Fonz. That was Alan Thick. <laughs> <laughs> Probably was, you know. Probably was. But look, we can get through the rest. Of it. I mean, we didn't talk about uh, Matthew McConaughey yet, but he's a small role in this film. Yeah, he's great in it, though. He's really good. Really I good. mean, that opening scene is one of the highlights. Well, as I think I might have mentioned before, it's got to be around that Dallas Bias Club because his head. He's so big and his body is so small. Yeah, Dallas Buyers Club was 2013 as well. Well, there you go. I yeah. Think he's, oh, yeah. yeah. But he lost he lost something like 40 pounds. He lost a lot. To, to do that. Yeah. And we talked last week about 
losing 70 pounds. Putting on. Uh, putting on 70 yeah. pounds. He he lost that. Yeah. He was he was actually legitimately malnourished, I think. That's a that's a pretty heavy movie, old Dallas Buyers Club. It's worth a watch. Yeah, yeah. Really good movie, but yeah, pretty Jared, heavy. Jared Leto is amazing in it. Yeah. It's not something you want to revisit. No, it's a one watcher. Mm. Uh, what about what about John Bernthal? You're getting to him, aren't you? Yeah, John Bernthal's awesome. And this is an early role for him. Yep. He's probably hitting his straps now or in the last couple of years. Yeah, well, really getting some good roles. He's probably this is around uh, Walking Dead. Well, Walking he was in the first two seasons of Walking Dead, and that was 2010, 2011. So that's when we first sort of heard of him. I mean, he was he got his start on Law and Order, Criminal Intent, and then into Walking Dead. Uh, and then he was in Grudge Match. He was in Fury, Sicario. Sicario, yeah. Uh, the accountant, good, good role in Sicario. But yeah, he did. But then he went into the Punisher, which you know that was that the was... accountants. That was a it, terrible. Yeah, it's thing. it's not great. It's not one of Ben Affleck's best. Terrible. There is nothing likable about Ben Affleck's character in that. It yeah, was, it's no. just it's just a shit movie. Yeah. But the Punisher gal, yeah, one of the great TV shows. I've watched that. One of the great TV yeah. shows. Really good show. Yeah. Very and that's good. what I'd say, you know, he's the Punisher 2017. Then he played, he was in King Richard, The Many Saints of Newark, which I know you love, Morgs. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> and then We Own This City, which is fantastic. That's a good show. That was really good, too. Yeah, that's a good show. So I think he's sort of hitting the peak of his powers at the moment, John he's Berthold. Good. He's very, very good. Very unique face. I like him. Yeah. But look, as for the rest, you know, we, we Kyle Chandler. I think there's a le- there's a lot of jobbers. I, lot of I, think jobbers a, there. I think there's a legitimate cameo in this movie. Do you know who it is, Morgs? Uh Jordan Belfort at the end would be. Jordan, a oh, yeah, no, well, no, 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 we'll uh, move him on. But John Favreau. Uh, no, 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 I think he's 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 in it a bit, but I think he's got someone a few that's scenes, yeah. someone that's in it for five minutes at the start of the movie, Spike Jones, the director, who's at the oh, Investor Center. Ah, okay. It's, it's a weird one because it's an uncredited role as well, and yeah, uh, he always, he's, he's super quirky, Spike Jones. And oh, it, mate, a- it is so he's so good in it though. He goes, if you can sell that, if you can sell ten thousand dollars of this stock, I will suck your dick, and I hope <laughs> I do, and I I'll hope right I now. have to. I hope I do. <laughs> yeah, that was awkward, creepy. Oh, oh God. Great. Right. He's so, got a similar similar role in Moneyball, just to like a. He's a amazing in Moneyball, and he's a blink and you miss it. But it's that's but, it. He just he comes in and just I don't know if he knows the directors, and he's like, "Oh, what are you doing on Tuesday? You want to come down and be in the movie? Yeah, fuck, why not?" Yeah, I just I love that scene when he's talking about the mobile phone with Brad Pitt. <laughs> so he goes, yes, me, me, uh, her and her, me and her mother will talk to her <laughs> about it. And he's got his freaking jandals on. <laughs> oh, it's the best. What else have we got? Anyone else, Gal? Oh, uh, look, when we get into PJ Byrne, who played Rugrat, there's. What, a, what about Ethan Supley? Ethan Supley's in there, but yet again, a small a small role, but yeah, he's but, been, you know, remember, remember the Titans? Yeah. American um, History X. American History um, He lost a shit. You talk, my about, name is Earl. Weight, yeah. you talk about losing weight. He's now. really he's fit now. Ripped. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely ripped now. What about a, uh, Jean Dujardin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's another one. Cut off the artist. Joanna Lumley. Katarina yeah. Cass. Yeah, it's it's well, that's a, what I mean. There's a lot of small roles, yeah. and that's why looking back, I was quite surprised because I thought Matthew McConaughey had a bigger role from memory. I haven't watched it for a long time, but but that's the power of Scorsese, right? Yeah, but that's so Leonardo DiCaprio carries the whole thing, really. Yeah, he carries the whole thing. Yeah, even with what even about, with quite a few names around him. What about old mate from Lost Boys, Edward Herman? He's in the film, but I can't for the life of me tell you what he does. I can't. I can't recall seeing him. 
no. I can't recall seeing him. Got no idea. He's not. He's not in it. He must do something else. But because uh, I remember well, you, you listed this as one of his flicks in Lost Boys. G Money. He might have ended up on the cutting room floor. Yeah, I, I yeah, don't possibly. know. Don't know about him in this one. Yeah. But more so than that, it's the director. Yeah. You know, in this and looking at his back catalogue, wow, just amazing. Can you believe he's only won one Oscar? Yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? And it he's been nominated for so many, and it wasn't for this movie. No, no. It was the Departed. The Departed, yeah, yeah. But look, but look, there's a certain types of movies he makes: Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, Color of Money. He actually, he actually made the Michael Jackson Bad Music video, yeah, which 16 minute yeah. movie in black and white and color. But Goodfellas, Cape Fear, Casino, Gangs of New York, The Departed, Shutter Island. The Irishman. Yeah. He's very, very good. Yeah. What do you think of the Irishman? Too long. It was long. Yeah. The, I, I, yeah. It, it did draw on, did sort of draw out, yeah, didn't it? Was it was too long. There's, it was a, so there's a guy on, too long. Guy on YouTube that uh, he did a better job of the anti-aging they do on Robert De Niro. Yeah, I saw that. They did, that. You saw that? Yeah, it was, yeah. And it was incredible. Like he did a great job and it, it took him, yeah. you know, two hours and, and I, it just blows my mind that they could fuck that bit up. And and it's just some rando could uh, could do a much better job. But I, I mean, the Irishman is fine. I won't I won't seek it out to watch again. But it was no, it was I don't enjoyable. think. I'll, yeah, uh, Joe Pesci's very good in it. Um, yeah, I, I think that. See, I think what we're seeing there is we're seeing a direct reflection of a streaming a movie made for streaming, and not for cinema release. I think there's a direct budget constraint when the Netflix movie is made. Yeah, yeah, it's a good but point. it's disappointing because. Yeah, if a guy on YouTube can do that, I can't understand why they don't do it. Yeah, he's got something. He's chuckling at no, something. No, no, no. I was just listening. Right. Listening to your wise words. This is it. Thank you. Matthew and friends. Sorry. Team. Matthew and team. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Gang, if you listen to Andy. You yeah. should just call it Matthew, Matthew and friends. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew and friend. So just quickly, on the gross for The Wolf of Wall Street, it grossed 116, 117 million in North America and 275 million internationally for a total of 392 million, which made it Scorsese's highest grossing film ever. I'm surprised it only did that much, to be honest. Well, when you look at some of the other movies, we'll get to in a second. Yeah, but um, I'm looking forward but, to that. But it's not, it's not anywhere up there. Uh, but over number five on its first weekend took 19.4 million on a $100 million budget. So it's done really well. But. The top movie, the top movie in two thousand thirteen. Anyone got a got a pick for that? Um, is it a Marvel movie? No, but one of those will be close. Yep, I don't know then. Morgs, you got any idea? No, fuck all. Frozen. Oh wow! Uh, okay, yeah, one point two six million. You're not competing with that. Wowzers. Yeah. So, and then Iron Man three, one point two one five yeah. million. Despicable Me two. The Hobbit. How can Iron Man three make over a billion dollars? Like bigger market, a, bigger market, bigger market. Give, give me a break. Bigger market. Fast and Furious six made seven hundred eighty nine million. That's the travesty. The Hobbit, The Hunger Games made eight hundred sixty four million. Yeah, they're all franchises, right? Thor made Thor: The Dark World made six hundred forty four. Oh, that's that's terrible because it's a terrible movie. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so it goes down. The Wolf of Wall Street's about number seventeen on that list. Yeah. So yeah. Just, just amazing. But three hundred ninety-two million. But that's not a drop in the ocean compared to what some of these other ones have made. No. But in saying that, like, it's a pretty niche film, to be honest. It really is. 
Like it's not Iron yeah. Man three. It's not Frozen. It's not no. Well, the, the Hobbit. It's not. You know, when you look through the years as you come along, Fast you can you can see the change to where we start to go towards all those chain yeah, movies. For sure. Yeah. What else we got for twenty thirteen? Gowan, I think. Yeah, just uh, look. Twelve Years a Slave was the best picture. Best actor was Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey won that for Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. Well, uh, that's actually while we're here, Gal, let's talk about the first question. Question time because it's all working. Yeah, go this, for it. Right. So, obviously, we've we've just realised that this this movie was nominated for five Oscars. It didn't win any. It was nominated for best actor, best supporting actor, best director, best movie, and adapted screenplay. It didn't win at all. And you can have an argument to say that all those five people and should have won. Obviously, McConaughey wins for Dallas Buyers Club as best actor. That's a tough one, right, for Leonardo DiCaprio. And again, it's Dallas Buyers Club again with Jared Leto in Best Supporting Actor. But I've got to say, Jonah Hill's pretty fucking good in this movie. He's really good. Pretty good in this movie. But in all honesty... He was nominated. He was nominated, yeah. He was definitely nominated. Okay, and then Alfonso Cuaron wins for Gravity, which was an amazing cinema experience. So there's probably some maybe there. But surely this wins best film. Surely this wins best film of the year. What do you think, Morgs? Yeah, it was a real tough beat. I, I, I think poor old Leo, I think, was definitely ripped on this one. I think that... They kind of gave him a – it was like when a penalty blows a, blows a make-good penalty, like when he got the Oscar for The Revenant a few years later. Like I think his yeah. part in Wolf of Wall Street is, is way better. I mean, Revenant's fine. It apparently, it was an absolute shit to film and he went through a lot of uh, – it, it, oh. it was a bugger being out there. Wouldn't have been, wouldn't been good to film, I don't months. reckon. Yeah. They, could, they, could only film, no. they could only film for two hours of the day. In that film, because yeah, they yeah, wanted the golden was, hour, right? So it took forever to film, and he was it was so freezing. we know all the yeah okay we know the mythology of that. Yeah. but who gives a shit? Like, I agree. What do you want to watch? The Revenant or Wolf of Wall Street? Agree. I've seen The Revenant once. I've seen The Wolf of Wall Street x amount of times. So yeah, yeah I, I think it was a real tough beat. I, also with Scorsese, he won for The Departed. Finally, I love The Departed. That's a that's a really good flick. Spoiler alert: if we do that on this uh, on this show, which we probably will, but. Um, Wolf of Wall Street is better than The Departed. Way better. So not not was, better. Yeah. Way better than The Departed. Yeah. The, way, a way better film. And I, and I enjoy and I enjoy The Departed yeah, as well. Absolutely. But also, and you mentioned Gravity. And Gravity was a Gravity was interesting because I didn't expect didn't know what to expect when I saw that. And that, that was really entertaining. Yeah. And but not just different. Like I wouldn't have picked it. it. I don't think it should have been up there with awards compared to this. I think that, yeah, I think it was a real miss by the Academy on this one. Yeah. I'm not sure why. Yeah, absolutely. What did, what did it get? Best act, best director? Gravity? Uh, Gravity got best director best and director. 12 Years a Slave got best picture. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it, it's the old adage that the Academy is so out of touch with what the public wants or what the public likes. You know, they, they sort of dance to the beat of their own drum. Wolf of Wall Street's a better movie than 12 Years a Slave. A hundred times better. I reckon... I'm reckon I'm a I'm a reasonable chance of getting my call up to the academy in the next couple of years. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck shit up. I hope I so. I look I look forward so, to yeah. I look forward to seeing some of those screeners, Dan. Well, they do, they want some new blood, and uh, and so they they reach out into the industry, and it, it, it's I I just can't wait. I can't so, wait. Well, neither I'm can I. To that. Neither can I. I'll keep you keep you all posted, mate. When you're out in the field, you should you should follow that up next week. You're over no, that. You're over that way. Well, I'm in. Yeah, I'll be in Baltimore, so I'm going to go and check out the, the sets for We Own the Night. No, We Own the City. We Own the Night. Okay. No, we, own yeah, the, we, own the, we own the city. We own the city. 
around the city. Yeah, so yeah, I'll be doing a bit. I'll um, I'll, I'll send some updates to you guys, and you guys can put it on the line. That'll be nice. I'd like that. And uh, yeah, it should be good. Yep. It should be good. Yep. What else we got, Gal? That's it. Let's That's move it. on. Okay. All right. Well, that'll take us into officially question time. Now we've sort of spoken about one of them. Next one. All bullshit aside, the movie is a lot of fun, but Jordan Belfort is just a scumbag, right? Thoughts on that? Yeah. Start me off. I was waiting. I was waiting for Morgs to chime in there. No, yeah. I know what Morgs is going to be. Look, so he he starts off, you know, being a young kid coming into town and and really wanting to make his mark, but jumps into the excess side pretty quickly. And as the movie wears on, doesn't have too many redeeming features for himself. Doesn't take long for him to go bad though. No, like once he once he sees the pink, uh, the pink stocks, the penny stocks, he's he's into it. That's, well, that's right, but but this is the part where it gets very ethically and morally wrong because he's you know there's I think I think uh, Naomi says to him at one stage like why are you ripping off these people why aren't yeah. you ripping off the rich people that can uh, afford it that that's and when I read and, the book because there's there's a lot to the book that, that doesn't happen in the movie yes more, and and they take a lot of liberties, liberties in the movie but the thing I, I I struggle with is that he's ripping off mums and dads that don't have the money and so when I get when the big banks and stuff are ripping off the multimillionaires that can afford it. But he's he made his millions out of mums and dads, and that's the bit that I get a bit, you know, not too keen on that. And he never really – it's funny, he has said that in order for them to do the crook stuff, they had to do some legitimate stuff as a legitimate business as well. But Well, that was the one thing he said was like, yeah, the movie, he talked about the excess of it and he was okay with that, but he said the one thing was we actually did some some real work, otherwise we wouldn't have got away with this for so long. Like yeah. We actually did some legitimate stockbroking business. Yeah. Which, but you know, to make the big movies, Scorsese and DiCaprio wanted to push it for sure as yeah, high absolutely. as they could, as much absolutely. as they could. What are your thoughts, Morgs? Look, it's a tough one. I've got some thoughts on this in Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, so I won't yeah, okay. blame a load that quickly. But I, I just think you need to keep in mind that Jordan Belfort doesn't exist if society doesn't want him to play a role in in trying to make people get rich without doing anything so it's uh, whilst whilst we certainly some of his uh, some of the what he does is repugnant certainly in the back end of the film we, we really get a, a view into what a scumbag he was yeah. but he the, the whole Stratton Oakmont I mean it, it exists because he was able to 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 uh, convince clients that had investing experience that they should go with him because he was promising all of these uh, these massive gains that that could uh, outperform the market. So yeah, I, I, sure he's uh, if if you look back in isolation, yeah, what a scumbag. But at the time, everyone was like, yeah, I want a piece of that. So uh, yeah, no doubt. I think it definitely served a purpose. And you're right, it definitely wouldn't have happened if people didn't want it to happen. But mm. I still think he's a scumbag. Uh, this one, I think this one's pretty easy. Was it obvious from the minute we saw Margot Robbie on screen that she was going to be a superstar? The first time we see her is at the party in the blue dress before Donnie starts jerking off to her, <laughs> which what is which is fantastic. a baller move, right? An absolute yeah. baller move. Yeah, Do- Donnie wasn't travelling so well at the party there, was he? Donnie is the worst drug addict in the history of drug addicts. And, and that's funny, like, later on when they're in the plane, he's like, I think you got a drug problem, man. Mate, what about that? That That's in my Good, the Bad, the Ugly, yeah. the plane scene. Ilfa, Ilfa. Oh, yeah. You just reminded me, yeah. She she is so unbelievably perfect in this movie. She certainly captures it in that scene, doesn't she? Like, 
she, she comes in and bang. Like, so she wanted in, in the scene, I probably might be stealing something here, but in the scene that she seduces him when they go upstairs for the, for the coffee and she comes out in the nude, Scorsese, Scorsese actually wanted her to be in a robe. Yeah. And it was her that said, no, this should be naked because my body is the only currency I have. Exactly. Yeah. And like, amazing. And thank you, Margot. Thank yeah. you. Good work. Well, he had the money, he had everything. So yeah. that's right. That's what she was trading on. Yeah. But um, <laughs> that's a good line there. Such a good line there. The quote, like I fucked the shit out of her <laughs> for, for 11, 11 seconds. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Morgs, what do you think? Yeah. Superstar. Oh, incredible. Uh, she just is the, the, the camera absolutely loves her. There's, and she's just a brilliant actress. Like it's yeah. actor. Sorry. Uh, she, yeah, I mean, obviously stunning girl, but it, she's just magnificent in this part. I think it is just the perfect vehicle to launch her onto a bigger stage than, uh, Ramsey street for sure. I, I but, actually uh, think, no. I actually think that's the most, like, and I don't want this to sound condescending, but I think that's the most surprising thing is how good an actor she is. Like she had done yeah. nothing and then she rocks into this and she, she steals the show and then everything yeah. she does from then on, she is the focal part of every single movie she does moving forward. Well, this is, and you yeah. know, we, we see this, we go through some of the actors and their, you know, their careers and what they've done. And this is her hitting her straps right this now. You know, she, she's gone from this into, into I, Tonya, into Suicide Squad, Harley Quinn, all of that kind of stuff. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Once like, upon a time in Hollywood. So now she's really, you know, at, at her peak. And how long that goes for, we don't know. But you know, she's, oh, she's really she's hitting, a, the, hitting she's, her straps now. She's in for the long haul, mate. She's probably. But she's what I'm saying is, but you know, now's now's when she's you know she's really coming along. Absolutely, so. definitely. I've seen her interviewed a few times as well, and she's just magnetic. Like, oh, yeah, she's just a just an incredible entertainer. So no, I I yeah, I, I agree. I think to to be acting on the screen up against Leo and just you know to be his equal and 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 certainly destroying him in a couple of scenes it was yeah. just fantastic so yeah, definitely. good work plucky little australia it's not just the america's cup that we can steal it's the best <laughs> actor of a female actor in the world uh, in 2013 well done margot robbie yeah no well played well played okay let's move into the categories uh the good the bad the ugly where we talk about the stuff we love about the movie, the stuff we don't like so much about the movie, and the things we think are downright ugly about The Wolf of Wall Street. Let's start with you, Gow. What do you got for the good? Well, my good are a couple of scenes in the movie, and we've already touched on them, so I won't go too far into them, but certainly the first scene with Matthew McConaughey in the restaurant. It's yeah. supposed to be in a World Trade Center restaurant too. But, um, you know, the, the chest thumping, all of that stuff, you know, that the two of them just, bounced off each other so well. And that whole chest, am I ruining that if we go no, into go for it. No, please, sir. But that whole thing was a was a, a right that he does before he gets on. That's a warm-up. That's, that's a warm-up warm that he does he to does. calm yeah. himself. And he actually did an interview on, on, a, on a TV show. I think it was Graham Norton. And he said that, you know, that's something I do. And, and then they saw him doing it. And Leonardo DiCaprio said, why don't we incorporate that? Because it. Well, I think that Scorsese has a lot of ad lib in all his movies. Mm. And I think that he had started to do that. And apparently off camera, and you actually see the shot yeah. that DiCaprio is looking away from McConaughey. He's actually looking at Scorsese and saying to him, essentially, let's run with this. Yeah. And it's brilliant. Well, that in in the interview that Matthew McConaughey does, he said, you know, after they took it, they had take, then DiCaprio put up his hand and said, what's that? And he said, oh, it's a, you know, it's a thing I do to get get into my zone, to get to calm down, to, to get me to where I need to be. And he said, why don't we have that in the movie? But then Leonardo said, 
that that set the theme or the tone for the rest of the movie because that that recurs throughout you know the business life that they have. Yeah, um, that scene and also the country club scene, just so funny. Oh, like then he can't walk oh, out. And he ha- I forgot that he opens the car door with, with his, his foot. foot. <laughs> <laughs> he has to show, but he apparently. He stuck his foot in there and opened the door and he and he stuffed his back and he could only do the one take because he heard his back doing that scene. <laughs> it's funny you say that, guy, because I was watching it again the other night and seeing that and he definitely gets hyperextended pretty bad with uh, with you'd have to be reasonably limber to make that happen. So I reckon his foot gets caught watching it. I think his foot gets caught, but yeah, apparently he hurt himself and he's like, "That's it." So he what did about it. him smashing those lemons though? Ah, uh, they yeah. were just smashing them down. It's not working. It's not no, working. It's not working. Yeah. Oh, very good. What about you, Morgs? You got anything? Uh, for good? Yes. Yeah, I, we, we've already spoken at length about it, but I just think in, in looking back at the film, the ensemble cast, every single person in this film crushes it with Absol- a little bit of screen time. So there is not a weak point. Like everyone from Leo's first wife, um, uh, Kristen Melody, she's amazing. McConaughey, we've talked about. Margot Robbie, Jonah Hill, um, John Burnfall, Kyle Chandler, Rob Reiner, Jean Dujardin, the um, who's the Swiss banker. I think he's incredible. Yeah. It's just, and the yeah. guy's got four scenes, and you just know everything you need to know about the guy from his limited screen time, and everyone just crushes it. I mean, Joanna Lumley is uh, Aunt Emma, fantastic. All of um, all of the uh, of Jordan's mates, uh, like uh, Chester Ming. And sea otter, the and, sea otter, oh, oh, sea man. otter. Everyone like just they're just hysterical, and they literally get fuck all time on screen. But there is just no weak point from uh, from the cast. I, I think it's just incredible the performances that they're all able to get. John Favreau, he's he's in three scenes, and uh, and and he's amazing. So yeah, that that for me on on uh, looking back at the film, I was just struck by how 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 broad the cast was, and and how everyone did such a great job. Uh, the other thing good for me, the, the use of an unreliable narrator. Um, there's some, some really great scenes where we learn that Jordan's uh, recollection of, of how the story unfolds shouldn't be trusted really from the get-go where he's driving a white car and then suddenly it's a red car. Like we learn straight away that uh, whilst this is his recollection, it might not necessarily be the truth. And it's interesting, and I'll, I'll talk more about that in Phil's film school for FWITS this week, just about the use of an unreliable narrator and, uh, and and how it's worked in in some other great films. But um, the, the other thing that I thought was really good, and it's the way that Scorsese portrays these characters, and we talked about, is Jordan a scumbag? Well, sure, he's a scumbag, but Scorsese doesn't moralise at all in this film. Like, if this was, for instance, The Untouchables with Elliot Ness and, and Kevin Costner, like... You you have him triumphing at the end and see him at home with his family and and of course good triumphs over evil and he's the lawman and so he will always uh, he triumphs over over um, Al Capone, but in this one the, you, you get the the vision of 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 Carl Ch- uh, Chandler's character the FBI agent. He sure he he gets his man in the end, and he gets uh, he he manages to uh, to convict Jordan, and Jordan goes away to prison. But old mate then just ends up on the on the subway, sweating his balls off like he always did. Like, and he must be thinking, wow, like uh, sure, I'm I'm uh, morally in the right here, but have a look at my life compared to this clown's life. So I think that that's really interesting, and it, it's certainly common in Scorsese films is that he does doesn't preach and beat us over the head with uh with where what he thinks should be 
a black and white good versus evil. And uh, I, I think that that lack of moralising is is fantastic and, and common throughout the film. So, yeah, that's that's my good team. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I did... I did see that exact think that exact thing when at the end of the movie Cole Chandler is on the train, like what he'd had that discussion on the Naomi about. You know, this is what I do. I on the train sweat my balls off, and it's just yeah. it's just another day another day in the office for him. Look, my good, and again I keep picking. It's one of these movies where you do pick something different up each time you watch it. I think this time the what I really loved was the dwarf discussion at the start when they're all sitting around the table and they're just talking so matter of factly about. Hiring these dwarfs <laughs> for dwarf tossing, but can I bowl that one? No, that's his brother. That's his brother. That's yeah. his brother. You can actually then roll him at these pins, and and then and then Donny perks up and goes, guys, guys, what we have to realise is we've got to be careful because because these things gossip, right? And we don't want to get a bad name, right? It's just like, oh my it's god, it's so bad. Isn't it? Oh no, this one gets nude. Yeah, he'll get yeah, nude. Can we can we get his can he get his dick out? Can he can we touch him? It's just oh, and they're calling him it. Yeah, it's just they're on another planet, these guys. And it, this time around, I I really enjoyed just how oblivious to the real world they are. Well, see, I following on from that when it's when Rob Reiner comes in and he's blowing up about the expenses. Oh, is the that, TNA. Yeah, TNA. No, it's a bit later on. Oh, is that? I thought it was yeah, after that. But no, that it's a bit later but on. But that's and they're all laughing and they yeah. can't hold themselves. I I find that I found that was that's quite funny gets, with the it's team. It's like four hundred and forty six thousand dollars on expenses. Yeah, twenty six thousand dollars for dinner. Twenty six thousand dollars on sides. Tell, tell him how he wanted the sides. Yeah, yeah he really wanted yeah. the sides. He goes, no, we, we're, we're going we're gonna to spend the money on TNA. It's TNE. <laughs> I said TNA. You yeah. said TNA. <laughs> yeah. So I've got Rob Reiner as Mad Max. I think he's just the, the levity, the the different levity yeah. and sort of that social conscience a bit that the movie needs. Yeah. But also that 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 really good scene that they have about, you know, and dad. You know, there's no hair down there. They're just all no. shaved. And he goes, and he goes, oh, I like the bush. He goes, oh, I don't really like the bush. <laughs> and he's like, eh, I quite like it. Like it's just that, like, like it, that. You can sort of see where Jordan gets it from, right? But he's still that social conscience, which I think is freaking hilarious. And he's always the whole movie is just telling him like, how much is enough? Like, come on, enough, enough, enough. And he has that opportunity to, to step down. Uh, he could have cashed out. He could have cashed, cashed out. Could have cashed out, and nothing would have happened to him, and everything would have been sweet. But again, that ego and the excess. Yeah. He just, once he get once he got back in the room, the yeah, ego couldn't yeah. hold. Couldn't handle it. Couldn't yeah. handle it. Uh, look, I think just in general, the movie is a lot of fun, right? It, it, it's a great movie. It's a lot of fun, and it's it's very difficult not to get wrapped up in that uh, the, the lifestyle and and what they're doing, and try to live vicariously through the guys in the movie, and it's. I guess it's not until the end that you start that you do realize he, this guy really is a real dick, and he's really fucking over a lot of people, and, and he ends up, yeah, you know, ends up ultimately fucking over his mates just so he can get out of jail, and and that's the real that's when the penny drops. And you're like, well, it's funny though because we've been taught forever that crime doesn't pay, and I keep seeing a lot of evidence to the contrary, right? <laughs> like if he's smart and he gets out when he's watching uh, Skylar ride the horse and he pulls the pin with uh, mm. Mad Max and John Favreau, he's out scot free. I just don't get it. These people are just – it must be – geez, it must be – Well, that's movie though. That's part of the movie because he he didn't back out of his deal with the SEC. Yeah, for sure. In real life. Yeah, for sure. That's right. Yeah. So they've just gone, right, we're going yeah. to push this on. Yeah, but, for sure. Okay. Uh, I have one more good. Yeah, go. And that is just quickly Mark Hanna's hair. <laughs> How good is that, Boof? It was great. Well, there's too much hair for his head because yeah. he's lost all that weight. So he's still got his normal hair. Yeah. But, anyway, but it's, yeah. he's just – his hair, he, he looks a bit – just out of proportion, older 
He looks like me on the Fair Star in '93. Yeah, minus minus the white makeup. Okay, so let's move into the bad. We'll start with you again, Gary. You got anything for bad? A couple of quick ones. We've already hit on them. The scenes, I think some of them are quite long. Great story, but they could have probably just, just trimmed some of those down a bit, I think. And not that the movie drags. You know, we, As I said, we've been through it, but uh, that was my bad. It was just They just dragged on a little bit. The other one is, I don't know if you guys noticed, when they get on the boat and he says, oh, it's going to be choppy out there when they're trying to, when they're trying to go yeah. to Switzerland. And the four of them on the boat and... And he's all gung-ho to get them there. And the captain's like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Anyway, they're all standing at the front of the boat later on because there's water through the through the back of the boat. So they're all up the front there. But Donnie's wife's not there. Right. So Naomi's up there and he's up there with her. And there's a the captain. And then and then remember, he says, get the loots, get the loots. Yeah, like and he goes back down loots, and he yeah. gets the big bag of powder and comes back. Yeah. But the wife's nowhere to be seen. Right. Okay. Just a whole, just a whole, we left her out of this. Morgs, you got anything for bad? Oh, yeah. I just, uh, you know, we've asked a couple of times, is Jordan Belfort a scumbag? I mean, it, it's proven in the scene where he's beaten on on Margot Robbie towards the end of the film. So I just questioned why would that clown want to do a cameo in the film when he's just shown up to be an absolute shitbag? Uh, it's just, I guess, the, the his driver for, for fame and, and wanting to be associated with with this story and I guess selling the rights to Leo and Co. And he sold the rights to the, to the movie from his book for a million bucks to, to Leo's production company. And, and Leo outbid Brad Pitt actually to get the rights to it. But I just think that to have yourself portrayed like that in film and I, I mean, I, I can watch it and be thoroughly entertained by the debauchery that him and his mates are going through and just think that, yeah, I can, I can imagine that's a lot of fun, but yeah, to see him actually to the domestic violence at, at the end and then to have his cameo head when they're in Auckland introducing Leo as, as Jordan, I just thought, yeah. what a dipshit. Yeah. So, well, uh, I, yeah. I think that anyway, he still thinks he's awesome. Like he goes, look at, look at how awesome I was or I am. Yeah, he he. I think that's he's how he sure. thinks. Yeah, but that's obviously why he did a lot yeah. of the stuff that he did. Absolutely. Uh, look, I've got. Uh, I've just got. It's a long movie. That's it for bad. It's just a long movie, yeah. and and it probably doesn't have to be that long. I've got. I've got another one for good. <laughs> you know, it's a long movie. It's a long movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, and I've got no dramas with long movies, to be honest. But this is a long movie. Three hours is long. Uh, did see it in the cinema. It was. It was a long movie. For no, it just is, like I said, it doesn't drag, but no. I just think it could be tightened up. But yeah, it's a it's still, a double. Did you need to, need to take a piss? It's a two cinema, piss movie. It's it? a two piss movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, it was a two piss movie. But uh, look, uh, and for the ugly, anyone anything got anything for ugly? I've already I've sort of already mentioned one. my ugly. Go Morgs. I got one. What about at the end where Leo goes to the prison farm and he's playing tennis with those old boys? He was so shit house at tennis. Oh. It looked like pl- plims at the net back in our battles of uh, oh. of doubles tennis. Like what a cohort! I don't think Leo's ever held a tennis racket in his life. It was pretty uh, illuminating that that guy is more of an artsy guy than a uh, than an athlete guy yeah. like us. Oh, for sure. Well, we used to smash Whitey and plims back then, didn't we? Most times, oh. like we they yeah, got the old one away. You. I carried you for 10 years in those tennis games. and uh, Who did all the running at the baseline, mate? Or you stood up there? This is mate, incredible. Mate, you were just running on the spot while I was, I was hitting all the balls. This is, I think when we, when, we, when we were 5-1 up in the third and lost 
that was when it was time to dissolve our doubles partnership. Mate, I was Michael Chang covering you at the back. <laughs> I think you've you got Changnesia. You got Changnesia. That's what you've got. <laughs> All right, look, my ugly's really just Jordan's a scumbag. That's it. My uh, my quick ugly is, and this is actually a really good is. Donny Azos, large pink and blue check shirt in the first scene with the Harry High Pants oh. jeans. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable fashion. It's I, great. I love everything about Donny except his personality. <laughs> he annoys the <laughs> shit out of me. I love everything else. I love the fact that he was man enough to pull himself off in a party. <laughs> There's just some stuff that. Oh, I don't think he meant goals. to do that. Well, I don't think he knew what he was doing. His cousin, his cousin just swiftly took him aside, sorted him out. All right, so now it's time for listen to this. Uh, Morgs, you got anything up there in Noosa for listen to this? Yes, I do have one. So apparently, the financing of this film was uh, was there was a little bit of uh, controversy in it. So apparently, it was it was part financed by a, a billionaire entrepreneur from from Malaysia who started a a, a picture company, but um, was spraying a lot of freight around Hollywood at the time and came on board to help finance the picture. But after it was uh, it was all done and dusted, it was found out that he was actually a, a thief and had been stealing from the Malaysian state fund finances to uh, to, to go ahead and, and finance this and a whole lot of other projects throughout the states. He was just littering freight everywhere he went, and it ended up that the um, the rest of the producers actually had to pay a fine of sixty million dollars out of the proceeds of the film because it was proven that the, the funds to finance it were, were stolen from this Malaysian state fund. So careful how you, um, you know, kids, who you befriend out there, because if, uh, if there's a rogue billionaire that suddenly wants to be your mate and finance some of your projects like, like mine, uh, it, it might be that he's actually uh, a thieving bastard and you might end up having to kick back any prophecy you make. But uh, it was interesting because Leo actually liked the guy, because you can imagine being Leo DiCaprio and, Everyone he meets, he, he would think that someone wants something from him because he's Leo and he's he's uh, he's rich and famous and he's got his pussy potsy with him. But uh, Leo actually really liked this guy because the guy had heaps of freight already, and so Leo figured, well, he doesn't need anything from me. We can we can work together, and actually became quite close. But yeah, apparently he was a crook. So there we go. Suck on that. I listen to this from Morgs. Yeah, the definition of irony. You know the <laughs> the, the film that's about a guy that's ripping people off is. Financed by a guy that's ripping people off. There you go. Gal, you got anything for this and this? I do. So obviously a lot of drug use in this movie. And the actors have to snort a lot of crushed B vitamins for the scenes that involved all the cocaine sniffing. So that's what they had. But um, Jonah Hill claimed that he eventually became really sick and ended up with bronchitis because they had to do so many takes and so much of this. So, but- is, is bronchitis really sick? It seems a small price to pay for your, for your art if you, you get a bit of bronchitis. Yeah. Well, I, I actually heard that some of these might have been some crushed up anti-inflammatories as well. Shout out to Wayne ah. Carey. <laughs> what a what a legend. Were just, you're just mistaken. Yeah. Him and Kalen Ponga, look him up on the, on the line if you're not from Australia, have come up with the two worst excuses for getting caught with the bags in 2022 and uh, it's just, it just boggles my mind. How stupid do you think we are? Pretty stupid, apparently. What else you got, Gal? Uh, just one more. So the scenes when they were doing the deposition, when all the actors were in there. So that Martin, as we said earlier, Martin Scorsese likes to ad-lib a lot of this stuff. So he just let them go, and they just came up with the actors, just all came up with what they came up with. And apparently some were up to 20 minutes long 
just doing where he's eating. He's eating. Are you going to have that? But <laughs> so I just made all that up, and and some of it apparently was really funny stuff that ended up on the cutting room yeah. floor because they just let them do what they wanted to do for for as long as their questions were asked. Yeah, that's funny. They had to just avoid answering the questions. Awesome, awesome. No, they, I've really enjoyed those scenes. They're better now that I know that G man. Great stat. I got one. Uh, Margot Robbie claimed that the uh, the sex scene that she had with Leonardo DiCaprio on the bed of money was really really painful. She got a lot of the the money was made from uh, paper that she got paper cuts on her body, all this kind of stuff. Surprisingly, um, DiCaprio didn't have any such problems. He didn't particularly care because he was in bed naked with Margot Robbie, and that's all he was focusing on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so uh, you know, wasn't, wasn't hurting his back. Wasn't hurting his back. No, and I think we mentioned earlier, Gal, that uh, the word fuck. Is, is mentioned a lot, actually 569 times, and it is the greatest movie of fucks ever made. Took over Goodfellas. Yes. And it actually broke the Guinness World Record for the most swearing in one movie, 681 expletives. Wow. Equal to 3.81 swears. When you've got a three-hour movie, though, it it's really a, starts to add it's up. It's a bit like Born to Watch. <laughs> it's a little like that. <laughs> Look, i got one last thing, and, and is that um, – so obviously, Steven Spielberg and Marty Scorsese are good old mates from the seventies when they were the uh, the Brat Pack of directors. And oh, Marty, yeah, mates. Marty, yeah, thank you. He's one of my friends, Matthew and friends. Uh, okay, so yeah, Steven Spielberg and and Martin Scorsese are good mates from the old days. And uh, on a just a routine visit one day, Spielberg was asked to uh, direct some of the the second unit stuff, and it was in the, actually the Steve Madden speech. So he was going around to the to the cast, giving them direction and. And did the scene, so that's pretty cool. It's yeah, good, to have, good to have mates in high places. And just into that, Steve Madden was played by Jake Hoffman. Madden. <laughs> <laughs> what about How bad that? was he in that? Scene? But what about that poor bastard getting up and just getting pizzled by the yeah. by the room? Yeah. God. But um. But anyway, that was Jake Hoffman, who is Dustin Hoffman's son. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. Look at you. And so interestingly, like in the movie. He was schoolmates, or they grew up together. So did they in real life, the two of them. Okay. Jonah Hill and um, Jake Hoffman. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, there so. you go. There you go. All right. Well, that's a pretty good listen to this. Now, we'll just, we can do one degree of Kurt Russell here. Does anyone have it? No, I didn't even look at it. Morgs, what is it? it? Nah, fuck, I don't get involved in this. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you what it is. It's Margot Robbie, and it's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Of course. Ah, so easy. So, Kurt, so easy. Kurt Russell is the stuntman. Uh, That's in right. The, in the Bruce Lee scene. So there you go. Crushed it again. That was a that was always a pretty easy one. That was. I didn't even I didn't even look at that. So we're gonna get into notable quotables. And I guess this one is look, there's not a lot of out and out quotes here, but there's some really good passages. And I know I've probably got one or two. Uh we've already said the I fucked the brains out for eleven seconds. There's a couple other things. We talked about the <laughs> we talked about the uh Mark Hanna scene, but he's <laughs> you know, like you've got to stay relaxed. You jerk off. Yeah, that that whole monologue there, and he's like, uh, you know, how many times a week? And he's like, uh, three or four, yeah, maybe three or four times. He's like, got to pump those numbers up. They're rookie numbers in this racket. <laughs> They're rookie numbers. <laughs> I myself, I jerk off at least twice a day. Like I'm losing it that whole thing through, right? You know, once in the morning, right after a workout, and then once right after lunch. <laughs> it's so freaking good, and it's like I want to. That's not why I do it. I do it because I fucking need to. <laughs> Oh, it's very funny, very funny, and also on the boat, uh, on the um, on the plane to Switzerland, the first time when he's just gone just mental, uh, and uh, he's woken up and he's strapped to the chair, and he's like, "Where are the lewds?" And he goes, 
they're up my ass. Don't worry about it. I got it. And he's like, thank God. See, that was that was gonna be mine. I was gonna, and that just that just speaks to the whole relationship, oh doesn't it? Like God. it just sort of sums oh it up. My God. And then it was just the um this little bit here, the you know, after 15 years in storage, the lemons had developed a delayed fuse. It took 90 minutes for these fuckers to kick in, but once they did, pow, I had skipped the tingle phase and jumped straight to the drool phase. These little bastards were so strong, I discovered a whole new phase the cerebral for pausey phase. <laughs> like, it's just ridiculously unwoke, but my god. That whole part yeah, is that whole just crawling out of the car. Level. It is just next level. You got anything, Gail? I got the one when they when they're sitting beside the pool when he's given up drinking and he's asking and oh Donnie's asking about the beer. Yeah. I won't go through the whole thing. You get a buzz for it. You get a yeah. buzz from it. So it's like not only it's got no alcohol, yeah, but if you drink enough, right, you, you get drunk. No, no, it's got no alcohol. It's just great. Yeah, it's it's very very good. A lot of funny monologues in there. A lot of funny conversations. You got anything more? Because I'm sure you don't. I just, no, I, I really, the, the whole Matthew McConaughey scene, I think it's it's so brief, but just so brilliant. How the fuck else are you supposed to do this job? Yeah. Cocaine and hookers, my friend. <laughs> yeah. just, that's, yeah. It's just zingers like yeah. that the whole way through. It's it's just fantastic. It's his first day on Wall it's, Street. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's very, very good. Very good. All right, look. It's that time. Film school for F-Wits. Take it away, Dan. Yes, fellow F-wits. Uh, this week I thought we'd take a look at the use of an unreliable narrator in film or narrator in film, I beg your pardon. So I thought we'd take a look at five films that, like The Wolf of Wall Street, used an unreliable narrator. And I guess first up, what is an unreliable narrator? So a narrator that's not trustworthy, essentially. So whose rendition of events must be taken with a grain of salt? So we tend to see such narrators, especially in first-person narration. Uh, and, and since that form of narration tends to underline the motives behind the transmission of a given story. So what does that mean? Well, I, I guess it's probably easier to think back to literature rather than film because I know that we're all big readers out there in, uh, in F-Wit land. So the, the use of an unreliable narrator, it's, it's it used a lot in literature. So if you think of, think, all right, make it easy, think of books we all had to do in high school. So Holden, Col- Holden, Colfield, Holden Caulfield in The Catcher in the Rye. So he's the main character in The Catcher in the Rye. It's a J.D. Salinger book. It's, uh, it's probably the, the most famous use of, uh, of an unreliable narrator and uh, his naive viewpoint is, is that of a teenager, but um, it, he misinterprets events. And it's basically you can't really trust the narrator throughout the film. So if, I don't know if you guys have read The Life of Pi by uh, Jan Martel, um, P. Patel and that, Pi Patel. Yeah, I have read uh, it. Stranded at Sea, really, and a pretty good film that was made of it as well. But yeah. Huck in The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, like he's a classic example, again, as another naive, unreliable narrator. And even the great Gatsby of Scott Fitzgerald, so Nick in that uh, that book, he's, he doesn't lead, like to intentionally deceive the reader, but his opinions definitely colour what happens to the way he tells the story. So it's definitely used a lot in literature, but it's also... Uh, a classic, there's some classic examples in film um, that you fellow F-wits will know well but probably hadn't realised. So I'm, I'm going to take a look at five uh, films that, like The Wolf of Wall Street, uh, use uh, a uh, unreliable narrator. So the first one is The Sixth Sense. So we talked about this uh, a couple of pods back. I don't know which one it was, but um, 
this one, he's, the, the, the narrator in this, Bruce Willis, he's not deliberately trying to lie. He just, he doesn't know he's dead. So, uh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Sorry, F-Wits. But uh, it's, uh, he, he's, he's, he's a psychologist in this and uh, he's, he's focusing on this mysterious ability of, of Haley Joel Osment's uh, character, but to, who allegedly can see dead people. But really what's happening is, uh, is Crow doesn't realise that he's the actual dead one and uh, one of his, his patients shot him. So really interesting and, 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 and not, uh, Shemalian does a, a great job and unfortunately that film is ruined the second time you see it but uh, for the first time it's great but another one that uh, if we, I'm sure you've all seen another favourite of mine is uh, a Darren Aronofsky uh, jam which is Black Swan, Swan uh, yeah. starring Natalie Portman so uh, to, to be honest it's probably in the list of the films that we talk about a lot that you probably only want to watch once it's, it's pretty disturbing and uh, her character in it is definitely uh, it's pretty black but she's basically a ballerina for a New York dance company but um, it's it's a really haunting and, and beautifully shot film but um that the the narrator gets lost in this maze of mirrors and she's not sure what's going on and she's just such she's going mad and she's going mad going, absolutely going mad and basically the penultimate scene is when she thinks she's actually killed her 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 rival which is mila kunis's ballerina character but she's actually self-inflicted wound and, and killed herself in it so it's uh yeah it's a really it's a, a pretty dark use of an it's, unreliable it, narrative it, that's that's um, a gr- that's a great movie morgs it's it's really interesting to watch i've watched that a couple times and to mm. see the change, how clever Aronofsky is with the costumes there, that she starts in a white costume, she moves into a into a grey costume, and then towards the end she's in black. It's just yeah, showing yeah. her journey to madness. It's it's quite incredible, right? Natalie Portman is superb yeah, powerful. in that, and she's, she's fantastic. And, yeah, it's definitely would encourage you if we go and check it out if you haven't. It's a great movie. Um, a more recent one uh, that you hopefully would have seen is Gone Girl. So uh, was it was a bit of a juggernaut as a book and was turned into a film. With it's, a great movie. God, it's a great movie. It's a good movie. It's a good, good one to check out again as well. So yeah. it's it's one that you can you can get something from it every time you see it. But again, it's probably got two unreliable narrators in this one because you've been out flick. He's uh, he's actually going out and he's uh, he's decided to cheat on his missile with uh, with Emily Emily Ratajkowski. Yeah, Ratajkowski, and um, it, his his wife decides that she's going to make him pay by framing him for her murder. And uh, it's a it's a really interesting film if you haven't seen it. But again, her version of events are completely unreliable throughout but as are his so it's a it's a it's a bit of a two-hander look at um at that unreliable uh use in it um but the the final two uh, are ones that i'm sure are massive massive favorites of the fwit community but first one is fight club so it's uh the 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 film, the, the characters, the main character in Fight Club is actually called the narrator and we don't yeah. actually learn his name throughout. But it, it, he's, we cannot trust anything that this guy is going through. He has no idea what's happening in the whole film. You, you're just all, always on the edge wondering what's happening. Again, it, it definitely benefits from having viewed it once and going back and being able to see the brilliance that um, it is in that uh, in the screenplay. And Fincher, obviously, an incredible filmmaker, and and that is a, a stunning piece. But the wild adventures that the, the narrator had through this disassociated personality, it's um, it's 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 putting Tyler Tyler Durden is basically his uh, his alter ego, but he's a main character as Brad Pitt throughout the film. So quite uh, quite a really interesting use of the unreliable narrator, but uh, in in an incredible film that I'm sure will end up on. On, uh, on on Born to Watch. Absolutely. But I guess my favourite, and I reckon you guys could pick what the last one is. You reckon you want to have a crack? No. Gow? Shawshank Redemption. I don't know. 
<laughs> no and no, but uh, you'll kick yourself when you hear it. It's the usual suspects. So, ah, yes. Roger Verbalkind. Verbalkind. Uh, he, he puts on a con masterclass, basically. Uh, Verbal's uh, narrative had it all. He's got crime networks and urban legends and survivor accounts, and uh, he's, he's in a room with Agent Kujan, which is Shaz Palminteri, and uh, it, basically that, that whole whole movie is a setup to discover right at the end that um, that, that Shazé was a complete fabrication and, uh, and, and verbal kint has uh, basically spun the story to Chaz. But, again, it's uh, he concocted such intricate details that we don't know what's right, we don't know what's wrong, but throughout it's uh, it's a use of, of that unreliable narration. But, again, Wolf of Wall Street, uh, with Jordan Belfort's account of everything, it, it, it also falls into that character of the use of an unreliable narrator. So if we, I'm sure there's other films out there that you've seen that use that technique. Uh, so keep an eye out and feel free to drop anything on the line if there's any that we missed. Well done, Dan. Thorough, very thorough. Well done. All right. We're moving to what is now become the best segment of the of the podcast, and that's the Stambush Kick-Ass Credit Song. And this week, it's the G-Man. What do you got for us, mate? All right. We've got a song called More Is Never Enough. But uh, there's no You've Got a Mullet this week. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, due, le- to, due to popular demand, it's you're, been cancelled. You're letting the t- <laughs> uh, you're letting the team. But uh, unless we hear from some people on the line, we can we'll do a version. Yes. If, if you want to hear it, let let us know. But uh, this one's called "More Is Never Enough." After very rapid response to the No Mullet soundtrack this week, it must have been something in the air. We got quite a few text messages and messenger messages through, and you won't believe it. People want more mullet. So what have you got, Gal, for Wolf of Wall Street? Here we go. More is never enough. You got the cash. You got the powder. More is never enough in the boiler room den. Taught all of his mates with the old sell me this pen. He said, you listen to me and you listen well. You pick up the phone and you go and sell. Investors think he's the boss and everything is going fine. Got their shares sorted out. He sold them Aerotine. He could have stayed home, seen Margot Robbie in the nude. But then Donnie finds the old school lamb and Quaalude. More is never enough when you're the wolf of Wall Street. End up opening car doors with both of your feet. More <laughs> is never enough for Jordan Belfort. Got plenty of freight, thinks he'll never get caught. But you do the crime, you gotta do the time. More is never enough. Oh, the G-Man. Out of the cannon. And I believe that might be the first time you're a one-take. That's the first time we're not a ten-take. Yes. Congratulations. Yeah. A quality effort. Well done. And the mullet is here to stay. It's here. It's here for good, I think. Yeah. Well played. Well played, gal. Okay. It's time for star of the show. So, Morgs, how are you going, mate? I mean, why don't you let us know who you think is the star of Wolf of Wall Street? I, I was originally leaning to Leo, but just because it is a, a star performance with him. But I go back to what really tickled me about the ensemble. I think the entire cast is the star of this show. I just think that it they're all brilliant. They all do a cracking job with whatever screen time they are afforded from the director. They smash it out of the park. So, star of the show is the entire cast for me. Okay, nice. Gal, you I'm- got... I'm pretty happy with that, actually, Morgs, because I was, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio knocks it out of the park in this role, and obviously, he, you know, you can call him the star of the show, but I really like Jonah Hill's performance in this, and then there are quite a few others as well, so I'm pretty happy to run with that. Yeah, I'm going Martin Scorsese. 
I think what he was able to craft, and and I think it's the fact that we're talking about an ensemble cast here being the star of the show. You can't do that without a strong director or a director with the right vision. I think it was pretty amazing what he was able to put together. And, yeah, I, th- I, th- I don't think there's a wrong answer here. You could have easily gone Jonah Hill because he's absolutely hilarious every time he opens his mouth. We didn't even talk about the crack smoking scene yeah, at the start yeah. where they have to lions and tigers and bears. And they- lions and tigers! <laughs> <laughs> so, look, it could be anyone. Uh, we've got two for the ensemble, and I'm going for, for old, my old mate Marty. Uh, and, okay, good. I think that's pretty cool. And, look, final thoughts. Yeah, look, Wolf of Wall Street is it's a quality film. And I can now say that I think it's a quality film. I think Morgus has given me permission. We're at the back well, end. Well, mate, this is the first time ever. I think you've yeah. held your cards yeah. close to your, it's not uh, been easy. your chest. So, it's yeah, not been well, easy. Wait. It's a quality film. And after reading the book, yeah, sure, they, they don't sort of do the book the justice it probably deserves. And they probably don't give enough to the end of the story. I think they sort of gloss over that part of it and what he did to to get out of what he did. I think they still make him to be a bit of an anti-hero and sort of play him to be the the, the star and it, you know and I guess that's the way it is and and I'm happy to do that because it's a it's a for three hours it's a fun roller coaster for three hours I laugh a lot you are in shock a lot it's the it's look it's I'm not gonna say it's the perfect film but I tell you what it's a hell of a ride what yeah it's a it's a good movie it is a hell of a ride yeah. um they they do well you know there's a lot of excess in this movie uh, and but you know it, it is it is a good flick. Yeah. It's enjoyable to watch. You could sit down and watch it. You know, there's some really funny bits in this movie as well. Absolutely. What do you think, Morgs? Yeah, I think it's great. Should we get into the the ratings? Yeah, let's get into the rank bank. Uh, and uh, look, a couple options for us today. Uh, I'll be interested to get some some thoughts on you. Obviously, there's uh, Quaaludes. Uh, there's Penny Stocks. There's Duchesses. Uh, we got anything else we want to? I think it's it's got to be lemon quaaludes. Those yeah, yep. awesome. Yep, lemons. So we're just going to do them as lemons. So it is. How many lemons are you going to give the Wolf of Wall Street, Morgs? It's four and a half. This film is fantastic. I can watch it once a week. I love every minute of it. There is not a dead part in the movie. I think everyone is at the top of the game. I think Scorsese was ripped off massively for not willing best director or best picture for this bad boy, and I think Leo also was deserving of the best actor film. It's it's an incredible film. It's four and a half stars every day of the week for me. Four and a half lemons. Get onto it, fellow F-wits. Okay, what about you, Gal? What are you giving it? Look, I'm not going that high. I think it's a great flick. It's a good movie. I'm going to go three and a half wow. lemon quaaludes. I, on rewatch, didn't, didn't think it was super, super great, but definitely something you can sit down and watch. Yeah. Some good parts to it. Some yeah. really good, some really good portrayals in it. Yep. But yeah, I'm going with three and a half. Yep, fair enough. I'm giving The Wolf of Wolf Street 4.25 lemons. And I'm heading to the calculator here, as I do. Fucking hell. I fuck this every <laughs> fucking week. Seriously. Seriously. This thing's fucked. Seriously. Yeah, no, it's the, it's the calculator, mate. <laughs> 4.25. 4.08? That would be my guess. It's going to be somewhere close to that. I don't know fucking what it is. I don't know. It's 4.08 something. Plus 3.5 plus 0.25. Yeah, it'll be 4.08. Three. Repeater. (laughs) Equals. Equals. Divided by three. Yeah. 4.083. There you go. Okay. So finally we got there. Another uh, another fight with the calculator I've had. And uh, 
I've so come up good. second best. <laughs> it's like, okay, four point so, oh eight. Where does that put us? Well, we're gonna well, we're gonna round that up to four point. We're gonna round that up to four point one. Okay, four point one is going to put us into seventh spot, straight above Beverly Hills Cop at four banana in the tailpipes, and just below the guard at four point one seven derringers. So into seventh spot. Okay, it's in, yeah, it's, that's okay. I think that's uh, that's royalty. I think anything above four is is uh, looking to be quite a quality film. Uh, so yeah, it's in it's in some uh, pretty good pretty good company there. Interesting. This rate's higher or lower than the guard. I think. Yeah. Well, I think it's. I I think the guard's a better movie than the Wolf of Wall Street. A better film. But is it as fun a story? Probably not. But we'll see. We'll see. All right. Good work. Okay, well done, team. Uh, what are we watching this week? Oh, I'm still on to Better Call Saul. I'm Call smashing through it. Okay. It's getting really good. I'm at the end of season three. Yeah, good flick. Watch it if you haven't watched it. Yep. Definitely worth a watch. What about you, Morgs? Oh, I've had my, my dad was up this week, so we ended up just watching kids flicks. So I was watching the Lego movie again, which is awesome. It so, is very good. Uh, yeah. Uh, look, I've, very, been, very good. I've been watching The Bureau. I've also started watching uh, Welcome to Wrexham. Which is really good. Enjoying. Uh, yeah, we talked about that, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, it's supposed to be really good. Yeah, yeah. I'm up to date with that. It's really good. Yeah. Mm. No, I'm enjoying that. So uh, very interesting that they'd never met in person before they'd actually bought the team. They just met online. See, yeah. Here's my point. I say Brian Reynolds and Rob McAhaney, They swear almost as much as we do in their in their show, and they don't get told to tone it down. So, <laughs> what the fucking fuck? Are you directing that at me? Yeah. Hey, girl. I'm joking at both of you, <laughs> wowzers. Hey, I'm not. Hey, I swear a lot. Another great podcast, another great episode. We've had a lot of fun doing The Wolf of Wall Street. Unfortunately, next week we're going to be without Dan. He's going to be traveling the United States on a bike with uh, some of his mates. And it'll be me and Gown. We're going to look, look to get a special guest in. And we're also, what movie are we going to do? I don't know. Let's just say it's a, let's so, just say it's going to be a, to be confirmed. Yeah, let's just say let's just say we've got something special in the works. We'll let you know. It'll be tune, a, tune in, tune in, tune online. Yeah, tune, tune in online. Yeah, oh, I can record this at the end anyway. Okay. Um, so can anyway, you do it. Just make sure you do a shit one. Do a blockbuster or something. I hate that. I I'm, I'm tempted to do Avatar because yeah. it's being re released in the cinema. Yeah, and the second oh, Avatar is coming out. That. Let's do I aliens. Hate that movie, so yeah, no, do we're it. not doing let's aliens. Let's do aliens. Just <laughs> fucking off. I'm actually, actually, yeah, let's, I, I'll tell you what, yeah, let's do that. Let's do Avatar because he will hate it. And yeah. I want to go and see it at the cinema with Isabel. And because the second one's coming out in December. Avatar sucks. Yeah, I know. Oh, but, it sucks. But well, it's okay. I don't mind as a movie, but I'm not, it's not something I go, yeah, let's, let's review well, that. Well, then, but the, okay, we've got. No, but it's, it's topical to, it's top, to it's, see it again, yeah, I think. Okay. The other one coming and out. so I think that it's, it's also, we'll test it to see whether that has a difference. Okay, right. let's do it. Okay, so, all right. Another great episode. We really enjoyed discussing The Wolf of Wall Street. We hope you guys had as much fun as we did. Next week, we're going to be without Dan. He's uh, traipsing all around the US on a bike with uh, some of his mates. And we're going to get a special guest into the studio, and we're going to be giving the Born to Watch treatment to Avatar, which is being re-released in the cinemas as we speak, and the second one's due out in December this year. Ten years in the making. I'm not sure whether that's a good or a bad thing, but it's James Cameron, so I'm sure we'll at least be pretty good. Until next week on the line, it's bye for now. See you, everybody. Speak to you next week. Sucked in, enjoy Avatar knobs. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you for listening to this episode of Born to Watch. To join us on our journey into some of our favourite movies of all time, you can find us on all good podcast networks like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star review and share with your friends.